brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Oh, and I'm telling you, this is going to be the show of shows right here. This is good boy Mike. Thanks for joining us for this sud segment. This is our best of 2013 sud show. And this will definitely be a really great conversation with as much beer as all of us have had. This is going to be a great discussion. Joining me for this discussion today is good old boy Jim. Hello, hello. Reverend Mark. Howdy. And good old boy Jonathan. Hey there. Uh, we've definitely all had uh, quite a bit of beer uh, to enjoy over the last year, and some really great beers to talk about are our top choice for 2013. Seems like uh, the question alone has given us uh, quite a bit to think about, hadn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, well it's, it's, you know, it's, it's late in the year. You're trying to think back now at this point. <laughs> And you've committed yourself of taking better beer journaling notes yes, I have. in the future, so you can go, what did I have eight and a half months ago that was so good? Uh, well, Reverend Mark, was it tough for you to come up with a top pick? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I really had to sort of um, push away over against the, the IPA as being like the quintessential great American beer. Um, uh, I, I agree, sort of, with that sentiment that uh, we sort we are sort of in a in a very uh, overly romantic uh, time of seeing the 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 hoppy beers as being the 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 only the ultimate sort of uh, defining kind of uh, way to stylize a beer. Yeah. So I'm I'm going a little different direction in terms of what my best pick is. Well, and I think that's what's really great is that. Uh, when I really looked back and I and I thought about a lot of the beer that we've had, it hasn't been just one really good style, uh, like it mentioned. There are just like lots of really really good beer that is being made right now in a lot of different countries. And while I know the you know craft beer is up and coming here in the U.S., um, even beer alone, um, I think worldwide has just really kicked up you know uh, a notch or two. I mean, just really. If I think about the quality, you know, the choices that were out there even as much as five years ago, I think there is not only three times the amount of beer choices, but I really think the quality of a lot of the beers alone has, in, has increased exponentially as well. Yeah, and and also just even even uh, domestically produced beers, um, you know, can for all intents and purposes be almost the the same exact beer that you would get from from Brussels or from Munich. If you build the water correctly, and you know, so it's all in the water, um, mm. and certainly you can get all the ingredients uh, that are available around the world these days where you couldn't ten years ago. Or well, right here in Tennessee, where there's good water. <laughs> hey, we do have good water here. Uh, good old boy, Jonathan. I mean, uh, I heard you go through, you know, two or three choices. I mean, um, when you think about all the different types of beer that you've had over the last year. Uh, very different than how you've you know thought about beer from you know say five years ago uh yeah i would say so um it was uh 
I don't know. I mean, I'm still like I'm still in the uh, very early stages of being very excited about every. I don't know. You know, every beer that someone hands me that it's uh, I've never had before is. You know, it's a new adventure, so I'm 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 excited about it. We're gonna live vicariously through you. All right, man. good. Yeah, I mean that's what you know. Well, so here's an interesting question uh, that I want to put to Reverend Mark. So, how many different beers do you think that you had over the last year? I was thinking about this myself, both looking back through my beer diary as well as just kind of thinking about. And you can throw He's all the beer festivals in there. So different beers, different beers, different yeah. beers. Okay. Hmm. 250 oh Lord. i think that number is super low for you yeah oh wow well i do i drink a lot of my own beer you see that's part of the problem oh you've had it's that, not a problem but you, I, you had 250 beers just in like one beer contest alone so yeah um i'm talking commercial beers yeah but, uh yeah that may be a little low um I mean, we had uh, yeah. probably a GABF alone. I mean, we had probably 300 beers. Just Gosh, yeah, we week. would do a flight of 30 yeah, in each segment. So, yeah, maybe maybe more like five, five, five to 600. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've definitely had a lot of fair beer together. And that really made this, you know, thought process and this discussion, you know, for me, uh, really a, little, a bit more thought-provoking. And so... Um, I'll at least walk through some of you know the own rationale that I had around thinking around what was really the best beer. You know, uh, f- first off, you know I I wanted to pick something that people could find because there were a lot of really great beers that I had that were either home brews or one offs or were you know special bottling that even if I named it nobody could find it anyway. Um, I mean, th- there were probably that one event at GABF, you know, the uh, Pints for Prostrate uh, rare beer tasting. I mean, there were some beers in there that I know that I will never, ever have again. And there were definitely some things that it probably was easy for me to put in my top five. But even if I said, hey, this is it, you could never go buy that beer because it was never bottled and it was just available for that event, that that event alone. Right, and, and those beers weren't even available at the JBF. Yeah. As, uh, it was it was outside in a special fundraising venue. So, yeah, yeah. Well, um, and then uh, the other thing that thought process I had was um, really deciding to think about beers that we could name that people could actually find that were available uh, both commercially as well as some. Some fairly decent, you know, distribution, not like in these three counties in this one small state, you know, um, where it would be, you know, rather difficult to, you know, locate it uh, commercially as well. And there are some really good choices, you know, um, you know, in that space that they just they they suffer from either high demand and very limited supply. And I think you know, Hetty Topper and Alchemist definitely falls, you know, a lot of those guidelines. Great beer, but Oh my God! If you find it, you know, um, I think you're treasuring it so much. People won't even open the can for fear they'll never find it again. So you know, I, I, it's it's a really great beer, and you know, unfortunately, John is a victim of his own success. You know, and and you know the limited distribution that he has, and he's committed to stay that way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great choice, but. You know, it's definitely one of the other things that I really wrestled with, you know, thinking about the question, you know, what was the best beer, you know, for 2013? Well, I mean, and I think you're, um, you're ex- getting into what really is the craft beer razor's edge. That is that, 
you know, really what constitutes the best beer uh, is by necessity local. And some locally brewed beers uh, that are packaged fresh and distributed quickly and consumed within a short period of time, then, you know, you're going to get a pretty a pretty good transference of quality. But I think a lot of these breweries are, are smart in not wanting to distribute, you know, to a, to a to a market that they can't really keep the assurance of quality, you know, where it needs to be. So, well, um, I really just enjoyed the thought process alone. Was something that, you know, it really uh, challenged me to th- to think about the best way of coming up with looking at the nature of just the question alone, as well as you know, what really just blew my socks off, uh, as well. So. All right, put the question here to good old boy Jim first. What's your best beer of 2013? The very best. Yep. The 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 number one, the one number I like. Oh no. More than okay. Um, I'm going because I have not had nearly as many as y'all have had. So, but I will settle um, on the. I have to get this right. The Stone Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot to hit the buzzer when you said <laughs> something a little too close there to the FCC nine dirty words. So, so which is um, um, well, three things. It's it's obviously Stone Brewing Company, but it's it's um, it's also a beer uh, named after three different people, including the uh, the guy who started Fark.com, and then Will Wheaton, the geek. Again, it's it's, it's a legitimate site. Um, uh, Will Wheaton from Star Trek. Yeah, the next a- generation. Next generation. Next yes. And Big Bang Theory at this point in his life. Uh, so it's sort of a geeky person's dream, and it's the three of theirs putting it together. And uh, I had it here, here in Nashville. And hmm. uh, so uh, I will. Well, let me read the notes. I was about to say, it, what did it taste like that you it, know had you put you over the edge here? Notes: uh, ale brewed with pecans, wheat, rye, quarter aged in bourbon barrels. Huh. So they did a lot of stuff. Uh, Definitely has a lot going on. It sounds like it, it does. I liked it because it was. It came out to me fairly, fairly dark, uh, nutty, almost coffee tasting uh, was there. So it was really. Uh, it was a very blackish huh. beer. Well, uh, great choice um, on uh, your top beer for 2013. I'm curious, what were some of the other things that you were wrestling with that well, you know, might have been the second or third there as well? Uh, going back to my travels, I was I was thinking through. I'd spent a whole week in Boston, and so I pretty much ate nothing but seafood everywhere I could get it, and, and drank beer. And I was on sort of a quest for everything up there that I could find local. There are a lot of breweries up in in the Northeast, and of course there was a lot of Santa Adams, including um, one that you can only get in Boston, Red Brick Ale. Um, Hmm. Not that great, hmm. really. Hmm. Um, they they only sell it in Boston, only on the Freedom Trail. That's true. So only on places and establishments hmm. that are up and down the, the the Freedom Trail can you actually go in and find this. So the funny thing is, I went all through the week and was never really overly impressed with anything I got until I got uh, to Logan Airport and had three hours of wait uh, before my plane, and it was lunchtime. And I went to some place and ordered a burger and and. Ask what do you have on, you know, uh, on tap here, and came away with 
the um, Smutty Nose Brown Dog Ale. Mm. Mm. Very mm. widely mm-hmm. available, and a lot of people uh, definitely have probably experienced that beer. And it's quite possibly because it was, this is so much better than anything I've had all week. Uh, that that it hit me, but it was really really very good. Feed a man uh, dirt in the desert. He exactly, calls it, awesome. uh, it 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 was really very good. Um, particularly on on tap. I don't know what it's like in a bottle, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. well, uh, great choice. What was your top pick? Once one more time, because I can't pronounce it without tripping over my tongue. The Stone Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. <laughs> All right, there you have good old boy Jim's top pick uh, for 2013. Reverend Mark, how about it? What is your top pick for 2013? It's a tough one, but I'm uh, in part basing my decision on um, the what were the last few soldiers standing from the many bombers of beer that, brought back, that I brought back from the GBF. Huh. And uh, and that I saved just to share with good friends. Uh, and one of those two or three beers that are have still been left standing, uh, I would have to say, is my was my favorite pick for the year. And it's Epic uh, Brewery out of Salt Lake City, and also now in Denver, uh, their Big Bad Baptist Imperial Stout. A terrific uh, choice, and uh, we actually were at Epic together and got to uh, uh, be in the tap room. We had this really great day. I mean, that was just a lot of fun that, that was, day, wasn't that it? That was. Um, and uh, for the crowd that was there that day, I hope you had a lot of fun playing our trivia contest as well as uh, having a lot of great beers. This was definitely a beer that uh, was easily in my top ten, and I'm not usually a huge fan of of bourbon style stouts but this one just had a lot of balance to it what were some of the tasting things that pushed it over the edge for you to pick that one other than it's the last soldier standing well it's an imperial stout and uh it it does have that that deep roasty quality to it it's very you know big beers 12 percent alcohol um it's also derived from Maris Otter, which is an English uh, base malt, which is a little more malty than like your American two-row. But there's also some American two-row in there as well. So it's it's kind of a, a composite, you know, sort of uh, co- collaborative sort of idea because the Imperial Stout did come from, from England. Um, it, it's made with chocolate malt, uh, black malt, uh, and roasted barley, and then I think though what gives it a really rounded uh, kind of appeal is that there it, it's finished off with coffee uh, and cocoa nibs, mm. and the in in each particular uh, I guess run of this uh, stout, they they'll use a different kind of locally sourced coffee, so each beer is going to be just slightly different. Well, I tell you, the batch that we had definitely uh, caught our attention so much. We did not hesitate to pack this and bring it back with us from GABF because it definitely had an awful lot going on. And it was the complexity of those layers uh, that really contributed, you know, to this and really stood out, you know, really well. Um, And I really wonder how that beer would have stacked up in the All Stout show. Uh, you know, alongside everything Yeah, just else. a blind tasting to if see how that would just, go. If it would have blown everything else out. Because that that day and, and all the beers that we had at Epic, and we I don't know, we probably had 14 different beers, you know, that day. 
that there was just something about that particular beer that it stood out distinctively because there were there were a lot of great beers that Epic was producing, but for some reason that one just really hit both of us and uh, struck our palates, you know, exceptionally well. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll stand by the Big Bad Baptist. Now, a great choice and a really great beer. And for those of you that uh, have access to that. Uh, there in the West, and I would uh, highly encourage you to, to definitely check that out. There were probably some things that were right below your uh, your first choice here. What were some of your second and third choices that might have some honorable mention here? Well, I have to say uh, another bomber that came my way um, just a few days ago, actually, from a good friend uh, up in Madison, Wisconsin, um, sort of was a nice way to end the year with uh, uh, retasting a beer that really impressed me a few months ago when um, I was at a tasting party uh, and that is the new Glarus Serendipity and uh, another really great beer from uh, new Glarus and also a, a top pick of 2013 for good old boy Dave who's not here but uh, definitely took the time to say hey um, Mike this is definitely my top beer for sure and new Glarus is known every year at least the holiday season for having the you know that great raspberry uh, you know uh, sour beer that's uh, on cask the serendipity has raspberry but they apparently their raspberries or cherry and cherry but but they didn't have enough to really uh, produce as much as they normally do so so they have apple and cranberry in with this huh yeah well that uh, probably creates a very uh, good profile um, for uh, a lot of the beers at Nuclearis have um, what I call very fruit forward uh, you know for a lot of the things that they uh, make yeah uh, I love their raspberry tart. I mean, it's a it's another really great beer that Nuclearis makes as well that we've enjoyed this year, and uh, so I, I look forward to uh, to trying Serendipity as well. I've had it um, one time, but it was at a was at a really big tasting, and I think my palate was probably blown. In all fairness, by the time that I you know had swung around to that table, so well, those are both really great beers. We're going to take just a quick break right here, and we'll be back with top choices from good old boy Jonathan and good old boy Mike, as well as our continuing discussion on really great beer this year. Hey, we're back from that quick break. Thanks for uh, giving us a chance to take a quick break breather and we managed to uh, pour some of the big bad baptist out uh during that break phenomenal beer reverend mark wow this this was so much better than i remembered <clears throat> totally yummy mm. and the first one to finish his sample was <laughs> good old boy jim <laughs> we just that needs to come in like a two liter bottle doesn't it pretty much yes yes (laughs) just not enough of that to go around a half gallon with a jug wow i mean just phenomenal choice and uh you know i it it brought back memories of that day when we had it um and just it reminds me of the layering effect you know that that beer has so big bad baptist out from uh epic brewing uh really really great beer so thanks for uh sharing that today reverend mark it was good to have it on hand only the best for my best friends. <laughs> well, next up, talking about uh, his top pick uh, for 2013 is good old boy Jonathan. 
So, Jonathan, what do you think was the best beer you've had uh, for 2013? Uh, well, it was a tough choice. Um, I had lots of uh, different ones that I've you know tried. Um, I think that I've landed on the Nitro Milk Stout uh, from Left Hand Brewing Company. Wow, great choice! So, uh, another great beer, and interesting enough, it's another stout. It's another uh, stout that, that we picked here as well. So, uh, what was it about this beer that stood out for you? Well, you know, they, they describe it as being um, having an aroma of brown sugar and vanilla cream, and it's true, it has that, and y- it smells like that. But when you drink it, it's just it's so rich, it's great, um, but it's not like overpowering and sweet. You just drink it, and then it's got the it's kind of it's not a, a sourness by any way, but it's something that kind of cuts through. It's got a nice like just enough of a bitterness on the end of it, so that it's completely enjoyable and you just want to keep drinking it so it is it's very good Mm. well a really great beer and great choice uh reverend mark and i had uh less than ideal experience of this being introduced to us uh at at gabf they actually had a big party left hand did to introduce nitro to everybody and and we thought we were going to uh, an event that maybe a couple hundred people had been invited and i think half of the invitees at gabf were invited because we got there and it was gone (laughs) <laughs> How disappointing was that? Yeah, all we were able to salvage from that party were a couple of uh, pint glasses that <laughs> so one of them had been used and just left behind. <laughs> and, we took it with. and we weren't the only. There were probably a couple of hundred, a uh, couple of other hundred people that were waiting around and didn't believe that a that left hand brewing actually ran out of beer at a beer festival i don't know how you do that but anyway they managed to do it anyway they redeemed themselves i mean i i I did manage to have the beer you know uh at a later point in time great beer that's very good and uh you know i think that uh one of the things they have made a milk stout for a long time uh left hand has and so what they were doing is they were introducing uh, the distribution system on nitro uh, with their product for the first time and you know one of the things that maybe not all of our listeners understand is that the gas that is introduced by co2 actually can change the flavor of the beer itself and so uh, a lot of people have been searching for things that are completely neutral, which is cask uh, beer, because there's no gas inter- introduced to that at all. It's all gravity-fed. Um, the other thing is uh, using other inert gases like uh, nitrogen, uh, mm-hmm. which is what they've done here with uh, this milk stout, is they're choosing to distribute it um, through nitrogen only um, in the hopes that, again, their beer is pure. I mean... The new proud owner of the three keg kegerator <laughs> is coming to terms with now serving his beer up with CO2. So are you going to throw one of those taps on with nitro? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that, that's, really, that's really a question of, of um, just how many cubic feet I've got to work with. Uh, I think the answer is yes, uh, if I can at least scale down one of my kegs to a two and a half so I can fit another like a nitro cylinder in there mm-hmm. but so yes that's uh, the wheels are turning i don't have nitro yet but well and uh you know there are other uh other gases that have you know they've experimented with in distribution systems and it's a combination of what is accessible for most bars to be able to have as a compressed gas as well as things that just 
don't introduce anything into the beer itself. And nitrogen seems to be a, a really great choice, although, again, it's um, it's another set of compressed lines that have to be introduced, you know, at that uh, particular facility. And, you know, um, so there are probably two or two or three other beers that have uh, been available with nitrogen for a while. Yeah. And so um, I do think this is, has improved the quality of their product. And I think that's the difference that you're... Yeah, it's, it's like I don't know how to. I would describe it other. Than, it's like it's nice and tight. It's very just like it goes down. It's smooth, but it's got enough of a bite, and it's good. Hmm. I think well, nitro is also um, appropriately paired with certain beer styles that are already creamy. You know, mm-hmm. it, because that's that small bubble. It's a smaller. It's a smaller bubble, and uh, so it just it creates a denser, a, m- a more dense head. And just yeah, it's like with the milk stout, it does make it taste even almost like a, it's, it's a nice milkshake. You want to chew it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, uh, really uh, great choice. Uh, so, uh, good old boy Jonathan's uh, top pick is uh, left hand uh, milk stout nitro 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 milk stout Ni- nitro milk stout. I knew I'd blow it um, <laughs> from uh, left hand. So. There you have it. Thanks. Um, so next up is my choice. It's good old boy Mike's here with uh, a choice of uh, Suds of the Year. Wow. You know, um, I really thought about this so long and hard and going back through all of our notes and, wow, just so much, you know, phenomenal beer uh, to pick from. So <clears throat> um, I probably have two or three to chat about, and then I'm actually going to name my choice. So a little bit uh, different order than the way you guys threw it, so I'll, I'll keep you hanging for a while. You know, uh, one of the beers that I enjoyed out of our Sour Beer series was the Evil Twin uh, Femme Fatale Noir. Um, I mean, just what a fabulous <coughs> beer. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about Evil Twin itself. How many times have I picked up Evil Twin beer that has really pushed the envelope of what I think of should be a flavor profile, you know, in a particular beer? Um, Probably one of the other top picks that I have is actually from Evil Twin as well. It is uh, from a special series they've done with Aviary Restaurant in Chicago. And it's called the Aviary Series from Evil Twin. And these beers are only available in two locations. You can only get them at the Aviary Restaurant in Chicago, or you can get them at Torst Bar in Brooklyn, New York. Um, For the most part, they're only available in bottle. I don't know that any of this series was available on tap at all. But, you know, the concept of what they did with 10 uh, was they took a Belgian Golden and they aged it in a variety of different barreling agents. So they had one that they did in a Cabernet uh, wine barrel, another one that they did in a um, white Burgundy or Chardonnay barrel. They did another one in a cognac barrel, in a rum barrel, in a bourbon barrel. And so they wound up with nine different beers that they had created in these series. And then the tenth one in this series was called 10. Real real, uh, real easy to remember that one. And what they did is they actually took a blend from the previous nine beers and created this blend uh, beer. And I just, to this day, I can't even begin to describe adequately 
uh, the aroma and complexities that the Evil Twin Ten really brought uh, to uh, you know my palate as well as just to my nose alone. I mean, I was just ready to sit there at the bar and just sniff it for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it was just that incredible. And there wasn't really any one thing that really stood out. So it was one of those moments where we've talked about blending beers and how that is really a crossover that is coming from other uh, other liquids or other industries and is really coming into the fold, you know, for uh, the beer industry. And I really thought that it was just this quintessential example. Very, very, very good beer. Um and uh but just also very difficult to find hmm. well um we also had uh, so so many beers at gabf itself and i talked a little bit about uh you know some of the beers that we had at a couple of the events and the rare beer tasting pints for prostrate great event great charity it was really great to be there and a lot of phenomenal stuff in that room um you know the uh <laughs> the dogfish head, you know, 120 that w- had been Randall um, was just, <laughs> I mean, that was a really phenomenal uh, beer that dog, dogfish head, you know, put on there. The one that was right next to it uh, that was um, with the uh, Balconis um, mm-hmm. that was Randall as well, that was that was really great. Both of those beers were five feet, you know, apart from each other, and I thought just absolutely smoked. Um, most everything that I'd actually tasted uh, throughout the year. So, you know, it was one of those things I was really wrestling with, you know, about choosing things that I actually consumed or things that you can actually find um, and purchase as well. Uh, While we were at GBF, we went to um, Falling Rock, which is a bar there in Denver, and had a great beer session. I mean, there were a lot of great stuff when they were at Mark. Yeah, and I think that's narrowing you down to your top pick because I recall the beer that we both said was like maybe the best beer we had while we were there. <laughs> well, and we had like eight <clears throat> beers that evening, mm-hmm. so that's narrowed it down a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, you know, we really had a lot of great beers, you know, there uh, at Falling Rock that evening. But there were a couple of beers that definitely kind of swept our, our breath away. And probably the greatest uh, compliment that we can give any brewer is... I'll have another. Um, and we found ourselves saying that to two beers while we had were there. Both of them were from Russian River, and it was the Supplication as well as the Damnation uh, beers. Um, Supplication is a beer that is in Pinot Noir barrels, I believe. Um, and the Russian River Damnation is a Belgian strong, but it's a Belgian golden uh, that is made there as well. And <clears throat> we actually found uh, the both the Russian rivers at uh, Hops and Pies, you know, a couple of days later there in Denver as well. And it was really great to be able to try those. I had had Pliny, you know, uh, quite a bit in some other locations. And I know that was your top choice. And I think that was the first time you had had Pliny that week uh, while we were in Denver as well. I was pointing Reverend Mark. He was like, right. So <laughs> First time I'd ever had it on tap, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, just a lot of really, really great choices um, and a lot of things that just swept my breath away. Good old Moyen Mike's uh, top pick for 2013 is going to be Russian, R- Russian River Damnation. 
Um, you know, this Belgian uh, uh, strong ale and Belgian golden just, you know, at the end of the day, I really enjoy a lot of great flavorful beers. And we've talked about, even in all these choices, things that had a lot of complexity going on with them. But it was just the simplicity of this that I really enjoyed. I mean, much like I enjoy other beers, like a really good triple that just has great banana notes to it. Um, <clears throat> other things that I really enjoyed about a lot of the, you know, tasting characteristics of the Damnation it, uh, of Riven, Re, Russian Rivers Damnation was the. It was the mouthfeel. It was just that. Uh, it was very creamy, you know, that night, and we had it on tap, which I think can influence, you know, some of maybe the way that you think about beer that you would um, approach it as well. But you know, it had a bit of a bready. Um, uh, smell as well as the banana nose to it that really just helped kind of fill in the simplicity of what we were having. It wasn't too sweet um, at all and that's the one thing that I always think about when I look at you know Belgian Goldens is they're usually they're too dry for me or they're too sweet. This one was just right down. I went back when I was re reviewing my tasting notes of a lot of beers this year I think that I used the word perfect beer three times and this was one of them. And it wasn't the fact that I'd probably had about 20 beers. Might have been a little hammered before we got there. But this beer just was really that good. So a uh, phenomenal beer. And that says an awful lot, the fact that of all the beer that we've named, that two of the beers and everything we've named today are both from Russian River. You picked Pliny the Elder. Mm -hmm. And uh, I picked uh, uh, Damnation here as well. So uh, that says an awful lot to uh, name two beers out of the same brewery for our top picks for 2013. Well, there you have, uh, you know, a very good list of uh, beers to choose from as our top picks and hopefully things that you can find and enjoy, much like we're enjoying Big Bad uh, Baptist Stout here in the studio today. Or some of us have already mm -hmm. dusted theirs off. But, uh, you know, I think uh, it's really been good to reflect back on what has been brought to the brewing industry um, in such a short period of time, I'm still going to, I think this is the year of the sour. I still think that uh, that is where I think um, a lot of the growth is going to be felt in terms of uh, stretching palates as well as uh, expanding volume is going to be, you know, in a lot of the sour beers that will be introduced in 2014. I mean, we saw that walking through just the new Belgian sour room alone, didn't we? Yeah, and I think you'll you'll see. I mean, on the uh, the, the craft side, as it relates to hobbyists, at least that uh, more of us are going to be getting into uh, experimenting with with sours, uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to uh, to barrel age. I, I mean, obviously, that's not about the sour; it's the yeast mm -hmm. itself. Uh, but uh, after having tasted the the evil twin in one of our earlier shows, mm -hmm. that it, and Juliana was so big on it, actually, it inspired me to. Um, <clears throat> To try my very first uh, Bretomyces uh, IPA, which I now have on tap at the house. Mm. So, uh, yeah, even I'm getting into the sour thing a little bit. Oh, with that, we'll wrap this segment up rather quickly and be headed to Reverend Mark's house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I enjoy trying that. Well, uh, I think one of the other uh, things that I'm really happy to share with our audience as well is that Reverend Mark has been named one of the top brewers in Tennessee this year in all the beer, uh, homebrew competitions. So 
bravo to you. I mean, well, uh, it's really great to always having them at the table. I mean, it's a great honor. Really I mean, great. I I just saw that this uh, this afternoon, um, and uh, there's some really good brewers that I was on the list with. So yeah, well, and that's the reason why you're on there is because you're a great brewer. So uh, really, thank you for uh, always being a part of the show. Great well, to be here. <clears throat> I think it's uh, wraps up our discussion for uh, the best of 2013. Jim, anything you're looking forward to uh, trying out in the next year? No. <laughs> <laughs> just put more, it that way. More? <laughs> just more. Yeah, more. I, 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 um... <laughs> I love it. Well, Jonathan, anything you're, you have on your mind? You're like, hey, I want to, I want to go and try some of these two or three things. Well, I'll give you a, I'll give you a style. Um, mm-hmm. There. Uh, up in my local college town, we've got they've got a a place, and I can go in and get growlers of uh, microbrewed stuff. And I'm kind of getting into Gerst. There's been a different Gerst every time I've gone in, and I've liked every one. So I'm gonna keep trying those out for a little bit. All right. Well, there you have it. Well, I think lots of great beer ahead for uh, all of us. I look forward to looking back at this episode and seeing what 2014 brought to all of us to enjoy as well. Well, for right now, we'll say goodbye to our audience. Good boy, Jim. Goodbye. And Reverend Mark. Cheers. And good old boy Jonathan. See ya. Uh, this is good old boy Mike. Ask you to catch us anytime. Drop us a note here at Sipsides and Smokes at info at Sipsons. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, that that email yeah. address. <laughs> info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. You can catch us on Twitter at uh, Smoke with no S there at the end. Catch us on Facebook. It's a great place to catch up with us all the time. We have a lot of great stuff. It's always posted on Facebook uh, for now. I thank you again for joining us and ask you to keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.